esoteric study group of Freemasons. Our purpose is to share knowledge of mystery schools and debunk any misconceptions about Freemasonry. You're here with Mike and Ron. Hello, folks. Today's episode, we're going to talk about being a man, building a better community by being a better man. So what, what is that definition? Being a man, I mean, I, I bet you that spectrum can can go from being super, being emotional to rational. Um, it all it all depends, right? Like when we when we try to encapsulate say, a man, what what comes to mind with you? Probably the most important thing to me is that a man takes care of things. Takes care of his family, takes care of his business, takes care responsible. Of, is responsible, okay. definitely, and um, he honors his word. Those are probably Those two are of the probably biggest. Two. And if you were to say, like back in or or a TV personality, what would you what would you say? Uh, that's that there's a man. That's hard, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's that's a, right. Yeah, because you think about it, you, you, I mean, you kind of want to like, is that right? Is, so basically what I'm trying to say is there really isn't a definition as to who or what. It's more of how good are you to your word and how responsible you are, right? So, you know, me growing up, my, my father was in my life until I was 18 and unfortunately cancer took him. But during that time, he was one of those guys that didn't cry, didn't show much emotion, and if something needed fixing in the house, he did it himself, and he didn't know how to do it, but he just fucking did it, right? <laughs> and as well as he were, so he broke a lot more yeah, shit than so he, he fixed. He right? broke more shit than he fixed, but at the same time, he you learned, and I would be the one handing him the tools, and he'd get frustrated and take it out of me, right? You know, but <laughs> that's just life, man. And I, you know, growing up, I think um, he he was very very strict, and he was. A little hard on on me and my sister because he just wanted the best for us. And I think you know nowadays you really don't have that very much. A, a lot of a lot of parents have kind of let the kids be be them and not really instill these certain um, characteristics that you know your parents really drove home. So that's kind of why I wanted to have this episode because I feel like we need kind of need to redefine that, don't you think? Agree. And, you know, I think that from the perspective of, of like having those really strong fathers, because I had a strong father as well, and, and he had a temper, and, and I was a sensitive kid. I was usually the one that would run off and cry because, you know, he was yelling and screaming and throwing tools and trying to <laughs> doing the same thing, trying to fix his own shit and breaking more than he, than he, did, than he fixed. But, um, you know... Being able to instill strong values doesn't necessarily have to come from the point of view of someone who's angry all the time or somebody who has a very, you know, just strong, strong personality. There, there, can, be, there can be softer personalities. There can be, you know, different perspectives of, of what a man or your father or father figure is like. And I think that it is really important to have at least some type of father figure in your life, whoever that is, because, you know, I think that statistics show that that a lot of 
a lot of problems that we have now in society can be connected to the fact that there's no father, there's in, the no home. father in the home. And I think that's you're, you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I, when I was 18, I didn't have that. That was gone. And I feel I needed that at the most at that time. I was going off into the world on my own, doing my own thing. And when you don't have somebody telling you what to do, hey, you're fucking up. <laughs> You, you, you tend to mess up a little more than, than usual, right? And you, it's a lot of trial and error, trial and error. And, you know, I, honestly, I think I was, I was a, bit, a little um, salty for a while because I didn't have that, right? So I just, fuck it, I just did things on my own. And if I lost, I lost. If I, if I gained something out of it, cool. But I started to teach myself, which brings me back to the original thing that I wanted to say was mentors. I think if if you're in that in that boat, that is a time where you need to seek out mentor, mentorship, and I think that's probably that probably would have pushed me a little further ahead into achieving whatever goals I had um, a lot faster, because there would have been it's not really a shortcut. It's just like Mijo, come over here, let me show you how you do this type of thing, yeah. right? And when you don't have that, you kind of got to do that on your own. So. I would recommend anybody out there who, you know, you don't have a father, seek out mentorship um, and, and whatever that may be, right? Like, uh, what do you think would be a good area to seek out mentorship? I tell you, for me, honestly, I mean, I probably didn't have mentors until I became a Mason. You know, I mean, I was I was the man of the, the head of the household. I, you know, I was 19 years old when I had when I got married and had my first kid, so I was, I was, you know, wandering around in the forest trying to figure out shit on my own and didn't have a mentor and didn't have someone that I looked up to. Um, in the past, it probably would have been maybe bosses that I worked with that I kind of respected. Um, maybe they offered some mentorship to me, but then, you know, um, I had a youth minister one time that was a was a mentor, but I think the best, the best mentorship that I ever got was when I joined Masonry because there was a group of men that were trying to improve themselves and make themselves better. And by doing that, you know, when you lift up everyone, everybody gets to, to improve themselves. Correct. So, and I, you know, I honestly can share that same sentiment because that prior to to Masonry, I really didn't have anybody that I, I really talked to or. Um, hung out with and, and you know it was peers but they're not your peers aren't your mentors no you know I think there's a there's a difference right like if you're around your peers it's it's how how you can how you can do things for yourself and make yourself better and then maybe help out a friend but in in men you know in mentoring I think it is finding somebody who's gone down that path they don't necessarily have to be older than you. It's just somebody True. who's gone down that path and was successful at it and really uh, did something with it, you know. Um, so kind of switching gears and leaving the home, we'll probably circle back around to that. What about the spiritual side of being there? You know, we, um, first of all, I, I read a, an article online that said that was the the title of the article was you don't need a man you need a goddamn warrior 
And it was an article that was um, targeted towards women, basically about how to find a good man type of situation. But that um, that got me that got me thinking about the aspect of of being a man and, yeah. and the warrior aspect. And you know, they talked in that article about about telling women that you know search for the warrior because the warrior is going to respect his goddess you know and as a warrior you should respect your goddess your woman whatever but even aside from that we did have a talk with angel miller on his book um warrior craftsman magician and that really when we started talking about this subject i was thinking that book was was a great book as far as the subject matter with those three archetypes about becoming a man and truly i mean becoming a man should be the same quest as becoming a better man it should be ongoing every single day and for every and, student exactly and from the perspective of, of of the three archetypes that is something that men should strive to be on a daily basis you know the the warrior having being a warrior doesn't necessarily mean that you're fighting all the time or whatever, but that you have a code. Right. right. You have a code. You have you have plans. I mean, warriors plan battles. Warriors plan um, the way that they're gonna handle themselves. They plan everything. You know. So being a warrior is something that you should should be part of the perspective of, of manhood, along with craftsmen, you know, you should have some type of... Hone some type of craft. Skill. Be a master in something. Yep. You don't want to be a jack of all trades and a master of none. Right. Right. You got you to gotta at least get, get one down. You know, I, I strong, I really believe in that, and that, that is something that, that really touches home, because I, I feel that you definitely need to understand whether it's a trade or, or some, something that's going to make you provide whatever that may be you need to you need to hone that in and be very good at it I think that's something that I always tell my son and my son he's, he's 20 he's gonna be 20 years old this August and he's on his own and and now he's kind of going through his own things and he's figuring it out and it's it's hard you know yeah. and, but I'm, I'm happy that he's doing it I'm happy that he is on his own I'm happy that he's holding himself up and he's doing he's doing his thing and the good thing right now that I feel on my end is that I'm able to be there for him and I'm able to be that be that voice of a rationality you know I think at the younger at the younger ages you're just a little more emotional and um, it's 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 a bit harder to it's a bit harder to make those decisions and I think you need somebody older than you in front of you being able to tell you, hey, you need to go down this path because there's nothing over here for you. But then again, at the same time, you got to get burnt. You know? Absolutely. I mean, you got to you got to know what it feels like to fall on your face. This is true. Um, we can we can direct them. I mean, my boy's 17, and he changed his first tire the other day, all on his <laughs> own. I directed him. I he's like can. Dad, can you help me change Carly Tire, you know? And I was like, uh, sure, I'll help you do it. And I said, 
get the jack over there, get the, get the lug wrench. And, I, and he did the whole thing 100% by himself with me directing him. But now he knows how to now change the tire. Now he knows how to do that. And, you know, I, I've actually, I'm feeling kind of the same thing right now with uh, a friend of mine, Bill, um, building bikes, you know, fucking around motorcycles and taking them apart, wrenching them, putting them back together. And it's one of those things where he's there telling you what to do, and and at the end, if, if you can't figure it out, you're like, all right, what, what's next? So it's good to have that mentor. It's good to have that person there walking you through. And um, kind, of, kind of swinging back into the whole spiritual side of things, I think, I think we need to look at, our, look at ourselves as men, as spiritual beings, being that, that, that part, that strong, that strength in the family. And, and being able to make the right decisions when you have to. And sometimes making the right decisions means, you know, you're replacing toxic friends with positive people. You know, you're, you replace you know, complaining with gratitude, uh, overthinking with action, things like that. And, and I think that's part of the spirituality of being a man. And I think that's where the magician falls into of those three archetypes my interpretation of the magician is that spiritual being that that you know positive thinking and the 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 spiritual aspect of being a man is comes in in line with the architect of the magician now do you feel masonry kind of hones in on that and and em, and embraces the masculinity and pushes it forward or do you feel like it's not really something that that is being pushed out there my opinion about that is that masonry as far as the craft that we're involved in um, is a male energy and it supports that that's that's what I think and uh, you know there's there's other magical orders and yeah. there's other other, other folks, folks, other, other, <laughs> other genders, and they do their own thing, and that's exactly. cool too. You yeah, know, that's your that's your thing. But this is this is the way we do it, right? And this is how we go forward. And did did you watch the Midnight Gospel, the Mom Show? I did. You watch? Okay, so whoa, it's, whoa. well, it's almost Fourth of July, so you know, this bear with us. You're gonna hear fireworks and it's like Iraq out there. Yeah, we're not in our normal studio for COVID. We're trying to be COVID compliant and stay way over there. Don't look at me, little puppet. It's okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so Midnight Gospel Mom Show. I've seen I've seen most of the shows on there. I didn't see that one because James warned me. And the reason James warned me is is that the from this. I'm gonna talk about it real quick, and then I'm gonna hand it over to you. The lady, or the lady that was on, the mom that was on there, she was, she's got cancer, right? And then she, you know, that, that was an episode she did with her son, yeah, and then she passed away, yourself. right? So I have, a, I have an issue. I've seen my my father and my, uh, my uncle, pass away like that, and it's just it's just something I can't deal with right now. So I just didn't watch that show because of that. But you're on. Well, I as <laughs> I as well watched my father pass away from cancer. I was um, I took on the role of getting my dad to his chemotherapy treatments, and it was it was difficult because I live in Southern California. They live in the Central Valley. 
And so, you know, I was every six weeks, I was going up to see my mom and dad, and I was taking my dad from Atwater down to Fresno, which was about a 45 minute drive one way to go to do his chemo treatment, and um, then driving him back home afterwards. So, I, I too went through that as well. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't as close with my dad, so I don't, it didn't really, I mean, it hit me, and it, of course it affected me. It was my dad, you know, but it wasn't, I didn't have that kind of relationship with my pops that, that really got me in the feels as far as that was concerned, so it was what it was, but I mean, the, the, you know, as far as that episode was concerned, it was it was definitely um, it was clearly tough for Duncan Trussell to be talking to his mom. I mean, the episode of the of Midnight Gospel, of course, if you guys haven't seen it, Midnight Gospel is the cartoon, and it's it's a little it's the the uh, the animator that did Adventure Time, and they draw a little they do a little cartoon, and it has Duncan's podcast incorporated into it, and so this was a apparently a podcast that he had with his mom when she had cancer and and it was clearly difficult for him I mean his yeah. mom was a, was a mentor and to him and was was giving him more advice and he was pulling information out of her so it was you know and as far as as far as mentors go you know learning how to be a man maybe doesn't necessarily mean that you have a male mentor sometimes you can have a female mentor you know I mean would you say that your mom was a good mentor for you I know your I know your mom's been around you know you said you lost your dad when you were young and well she she did step up to the plate but again for me I'm all in Latino families that's a, a bit on the it's weird how, how Latino families look at those things, right? Dynamics. Like, you know, dynamics is male and female, and this, that's just the way it is. And, and my mom, she fills the female role, but she can never step into the shoes of my father. Not that she has to or anything. She has her own shoes to, that she feels great, and I love my mom. But, you know, that, that father figure, it, it's, in, in a Latino family, it's very, it's very much, it's very strong. Yeah. I get that, but I think the question that I was asking was, did she provide a mentorship to allow you to become a man? To allow me, you know what? I would say yes. I would say yes because she held me accountable. And and knowing the relationship that you have with your right. mom, I, I that's why I bring that she, up. Yeah, in a way, yes, because she held me accountable to certain standards that my father set, and those standards were, were pretty high, you know, and. and I'm glad that I, I'm in a place in my life right now where I can meet that. Because 15, 15, 20 years ago, I was not, and it was a completely different story. Uh, but that was my learning. That was my learning phase. You know, right now I think it, it, it's it's where I'm able to give back. You know, I'm able to see some of the younger brothers and tell them, hey, you need to do this this way. Dude. You know, or, or or just lend a lend a good ear, or lend a good some good thoughts uh, on, on how to be a man. You know, you know, and that, as far as mentorship is concerned, and and giving that advice, our youth groups within Masonry are a great place for us as Masons to 
to share Woo, yeah. booms. Um, <laughs> to uh, to share mentorship and share share world experience and and and, and direction and and you know helping I, one time at one of the DMLA meetings I taught the boys how to change a tire so it was like I was doing brake job on uh, on Logan's car and said come on you guys are gonna learn how to change tires so same type of thing you know we can definitely provide mentorship as Masons to our to our Masonic youth, that's for sure. And I know one of our brothers used to teach uh, soccer camps and baseball camps, and he was that mentor to to a lot of kids. You know, setting that setting that bar. You you have a coach who's going to be yelling at you, making sure you're on point, holding you accountable. That's that's a bit of mentorship, you know. And I think in, even in the sports area, that kind of helps out in a way, kind of. Kind of molding you into uh, a well-rounded person, and you know, Don you used to take pictures of him with with all these kids running around and he's yelling at them. He's like, "Come on, get get on it, get going." And when 10, 15 years from now, those kids are going to remember that and they're going to know. You know, he wasn't really being hard on me. He was just showing me how to be a better man or be a better person. Yeah, he was beginning to instill self-confidence and there I think go. that is the yes. that is that the is a key, key. that's the right? confidence key to becoming a man to becoming a, man. a, a successful yeah. adult right. you got to have some confidence yeah. not cocky confidence there's a difference yeah. Yeah. so you know circling it back we have a a studio audience the studio, our student audience has a question which is they're all separated in their own little bubbles and uh, who, who's got a question? Step up to the mic. Step up to the mic, sir. Brother Mike, you uh, mentioned earlier today that one of the biggest problems is that there's no longer the male role model in the household. Uh, what can we do as Masons to help the community improve that? Uh, I know that you said that we have the Demo Lay programs, and I'm very versed with those, but. Are we actually in the community going to find those kids that need our help? No, and I think just within your arm's reach, I think that's where it starts, right? In your community, in your neighborhood, around where you live. If if you see that there's somebody who needs some guidance or some help, then why not be that person? You know, else you and I said this the other day when I went live is is. You know, for all these Masons out there, it's your time right now, especially right now. It's your time to to act and be what we were obligated to do and be those good community members and, and build it to what we want it to be. You know, something that's civilized, something that is, that is good for everyone. So, yeah, right now is the time to step up, Tom. That's, that's what it really is. And I don't know... You know, we could talk about organizations all day, but the reality is, is what are we doing right now? You know, how are we helping people out right now? And right now we can't depend on organizations because of what's going on. So it's really up to you. It's really up to you to step it up. You mentioned something about uh, masculinity and toxicity. Mm. Toxic to, uh, mas masculinity. You want to, uh... Yeah, I want to talk about that. I think I think when when people mention toxic masculinity, it's 
Okay, so you're talking about assholes. <laughs> That's basically what you're saying, right? You're talking about this, this guy's an asshole. Gaslighters, whatever. Yeah, so why aren't you stepping up to that asshole? That's the reality of being a man, dude, is being able to step up to people and call them out on their shit, you know? And then that's doing the right thing and saying something, speaking up for other people or, or you know, telling that bully to kick rocks. Yeah. And sometimes people mistake toxic masculinity for just being masculine. This is part of who we are, yeah. you know, to, to howl at the moon and... <laughs> <laughs> boys will be boys. boys will, well, you know, I don't, don't want to use that term. Boys will be boys, but I want to say it, it's we we have a certain fire within us, and sometimes you just gotta let it out. Yeah, you know. But with that, with that, we also kind of mentioned about the the keyboard warriors. You know that. Oh that, yeah. That a lot of people, so, a lot of people online think that if, if they said something to you in person, the shit that they say online behind their keyboard, they get punched in the throat. That's the problem. I think social media has made it way, way okay for people to just talk shit and and you know hide behind your keyboard. You know it's, what's funny is uh, I want to say probably about a month ago when when all this was getting really spicy. Some dude was on a on one of his pages in in uh, San Pedro. I was going off, and I told him, "Hey, bro, chill out, bro. It's not that serious. You know, trying try to defuse the situation." And then he got really lippy with me. Yeah. So I'm like, "Hey, dude, you know what? That's disrespectful, and I don't like it." And so he kept on. I'm like, okay, well now I got this friend who's got a gym. We could go handle it right there. <laughs> What's up? And right then, silent, right there, he turned silent. into a big bitch. He was like, "Nah, man, nah. Why do we need to use violence? Because you're 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 calling me out. You're yeah. calling me a punk, dude. Like, yeah. no, sorry. See, those, those are the things that it's, people it, on the internet just want to talk shit, and it's yeah. like there's repercussions, bro. Gives it a lot of people. A lot of people become bullies online, yeah. and and feel self entitled to be that way because they can hide behind their keyboard, and, right? And, that's not being a man. Exactly. And, and, and sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to step into those forums and, and and make a comment on it. And you know what's complain book anyway? So it's, it's like you know, that's, that's what everybody does there anyways. It's not, there's nothing really, really constructive that you're doing there. But sometimes you just you just feel like some people just want to talk shit just to talk shit, and then the minute you call them out on it, it's uh, well, no, I don't. Okay, back in the day, I talked shit. Somebody was coming to my door, and we were gonna handle it outside. That's right. just the way it was. When did that change? Did people just stop doing that? <laughs> did that just stop? I was like, no, we're no longer. Is that better? Is it worse? I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I can't answer those questions because from my my upbringing and the way that I grew up, I was the one being bullied all the time, and I didn't have the ability. I didn't have the self-confidence to be able to stand up to people and and, and so stand need, up for myself. You needed the nunchucks when you were kid. <laughs> you needed that. Yeah. See, see, I could have helped you out with that. And, and you know what? I took I took a, a tongsudo, which is a Korean karate, mm-hmm. for several years, and that that you really was up. the beginning of of starting to build self-confidence. That's when you got the nunchucks. That's when I got the right. nunchucks. Cool. I dig it. <laughs> Brother Ron, uh, a little while ago you made a comment that uh, 
Well, first of all, I've seen you with your kids. I've seen you with your sons, and you're a strong father. Thank I commend you for that. Do you think that the those 45 minutes of driving with your father really helped you grow more as a man? I do. And the reason why I do is because there were days that I didn't want to talk to him because he was just a miserable asshole on those rides. <laughs> and there were days that he was loopy as hell on medications and talking about all kinds of nonsense. And my dad was had very different political viewpoints than I did. And as soon as we get to the VA, he was amongst friends with all of us. And I just wanted to leave. i tell you, one time though, I had the most hilarious freaking situation. We were at the VA and all these all these veterans sitting around, a lot of conservative, you know, political viewpoints and the damn TV had the view on and I was just I, I just thought whoever the comedian is that has the view on in the middle of all of this MAGA hats right here. I was like, I was like, I want to meet that person because they are funny as hell. But back to your back to your question, Don. It really did. It helped me grow personally because at least it it forced me to be introspective after the fact when I wasn't on those rides with him. When I would go home. When I was with my sons. When I was trying to calm my passions when I was trying to be less of an angry person the way that my father was an angry person the way that I saw him when I was growing up and the way that he maintained his personality pretty much to the end was very similar from what I what I saw when I was growing up so it definitely changed me in getting me to be introspective and and forced me to take a deep breath try doing more meditation, more, you know, stuff to calm myself down so that I wasn't being that next stepping stone to my son's anger, to his, to his, which he has his own situations. And hopefully by me being where I'm at now, especially after dealing with my pops when he was going through that, then hopefully it'll get my son started a lot sooner. You know, I, the conversation I had with my son about that was, was look, you know, you, yeah, he blew up one day about something stupid, and I knew what it was because I could hear him in his room. He's playing video games. He's fucking online with somebody, and some asshole pissed him off, and he was just—he was just flipping out. And he came down, and I was like, you know, you gotta calm down. And he's like, no, it was just. A, I go, I know exactly what it was. I heard you playing video games. I said, I know what it was. But the conversation I had with him was like, look, you're 17 years old. You've got. If you start working on this now, you're going to be better off than I am at 50 working on this, you know, so find a way, find something, find a martial arts, find a meditation, find a, find a therapist, find something that you, find something that you can find calming so that you cannot perpetuate that anger because What'll happen is someday you're going to be a dad, and then next thing you know, you're going to be terrorizing your kid. You want to do that, and and he was like, "No, I don't want to do that." I'm like, "Exactly, I know you don't want to do that." So, control your emotions. I think that's probably one of the most important parts of being a man. 
is understanding that you need to control your emotions. Be rational. Sometimes that's very hard. I'm not going to lie. I get pissed off. How has masonry helped you? How has masonry helped me? Hmm. You know what? I think masonry has really helped me with mentors that didn't know that they were my mentors. And, then, and it's, it's cool because, you know, these folks are just living their lives like you were on. You know, I learned a lot from you. You're a very good family man. And I, I like that part of, hey, this, this is some, something I would strive to be. Uh, Don, he's, he's, you know, very involved in community. He's very well-spoken. Uh, he can get in front of anybody and speak. That's, that's the beauty of Don. He kicks down doors and gets through them. <laughs> you know, uh, Morgan, I mean, fuck, I've learned so much from him in life in business, uh, how to kill people without killing them, uh, <laughs> 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 it's, it's an inside joke, sorry, uh, but it, it, masonry has these people that you can really be around and learn from, and I think that has made me a better person than I was five years ago when I joined. You said it perfectly, mentors that don't even realize they're, they're mentors, mentors, right? And that's, I guess that's that's part of the whole planting trees to allow shade for future generations. You know, you know that what you're doing is good, and that you that you're looking forward to the future, but you don't realize what's happening along the way and how much it's helping and what those future generations are going to benefit from from the things that you do as a mason and as a man. And unfortunately, not all lodges are the same. Um, for those that are looking as masonry as, oh, this is the answer, I strongly suggest you visit several lodges and really get to know the people because those are the people you're going to be around. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, there's some, there's some sour people, you know, and, and maybe you don't want to be around that. If you can find some really good people with a lot of light, and, and un that understand the true meaning of brotherhood. And I really emphasize that, that word brotherhood because you really need to understand what that means. That really means being there for each other. Yep. Even in the darkest hour, the darkest time. But that's the most that's important That's what it means, time. dude. That's and if you can't be that, then this isn't for you. And those of you that aren't living it that way, you need to start because th that's what this is about. It's about holding each other up and picking each other up, up towards the sky, you know? Lifting, a few, lifting it up. Lifting each other up and not tearing down. I think that kind of that concludes us, right? And I think that was really good. Um, did anybody else want to add anything or no? Okay, well, then we will wrap it up. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. And uh, we hope to be bringing some more content. I believe we'll be um, meeting with some brothers in a couple weeks. Uh, That's co of course, COVID compliant. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we'll take it from there. Yep. Right? That's it. So, Red Dragon and Cowboy Jesus out.